Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. What if I told you everything you know about the world is wrong? What if I told you that all the things you believe to be impossible are in fact very much possible? Reality is not what you think it is. It is so much more complicated, fascinating, and above all, terrifying. We are at the fringes of the map, and there's more than just dragons. Well, I have a job to do out here. I gotta go gather some more information. Vargas, you take it easy. You too. Thanks for the cigarette. What do you go do? <laughs> Thanks for the story, he says. Yeah, I'm gonna go be nosy. That's what I get paid for. You notice Woodrow has, uh, he's, there's like a kind of a natural ditch a little bit away from a camp. He's in kind of like a dark area. There's not a lot around near him. Right. He's just crouched in a ditch, but he's on his own. And if you wanted to have a cool, isolated conversation, you could with him. Or you could chat with Bob, who is, uh, he's by kind of like a small burner stove. And Bob is slowly, slowly stirring something in a pot. Oh, hang out with Woody, who was killing people and watched a guy explode. Or I could eat food. I'm going to go see what Bob's doing. (laughs) All right. Bob is cooking some sort of maybe stew or something like that. You see, it's it smells meaty and it has noodles in it. Mm. It smells lovely. Yeah. It smells nice. You you like it. <laughs> I, I sit down and I go, Bobby, I know you made enough for two. Bob gives you a big, big grin and says, of course, of course. <laughs> he ladles some out for you as well. Thank you. I, I take it. I go, so what, what, what's your impression of what happened today? It, that's a lot. It's a lot, you know? I, gosh, I, I'm just glad you were there because I'd be dead. I would have been killed. No, come on. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I would have been, I would have been killed. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, no, hey, come on. Pulitzer Prize, remember? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're doing it for the Pulitzer, he says. He's like, he, he's got like a bit of the same old Bobby back to him now. Yeah. He seems a bit pepped up. He's a tough New York photographer who happens to cook excellent Vietnamese cuisine. What is this? Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> you hear three shots from where Woody is. It sounds like the shots were going away from you, 
not towards you. Holy shit. Everyone's up. Everyone's got their guns out. Everyone's. I just, I just want to not drop that bowl of stew, but I'm gonna hit the ground. (laughs) Yeah, you. I'll make it. I'll I'll roll for it. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Dexterity athletics. I'm gonna call it. So you have three dexterity, no athletics. So it's a negative one penalty. So it's two dice. One success, which is a reroll, just one success, but that's enough. You do not spill the ball. Hey, Ralph, what have you been rolling for so far this game? Jokes and not spilling soup. <laughs> you see McGlade charging past. He jumps over you and Bobby, landing in the mud a little awkwardly, but uh, still running. And then he lands in the in the little pit where Woodrow is. What? What was it? I run I run over to where they are and slide in next to them. You cast your eyes around and you see nothing. It's just empty, empty jump. Oh, actually, with three successes, you can see that near where Woodrow is, there is a fern bent at an odd angle. Someone was standing within touching distance of Woodrow. Somebody was right there. Yeah. Woodrow looks up at where that... That's maybe what drew your attention to it, is Woodrow is breathing heavily with his rifle still trained at that spot. Woodrow stutters out, there there was VC. There was a VC there. Klein, there, right there? Yeah, McGlade says, you saw a VC, a VC soldier? He... McGlade slams into the other side of the pit and starts scanning around. Where? Where did he go? He was naked, completely nude, not wearing anything. McGlade turns around at that. He's got like a strange expression on his face. I start writing all of it down. I pull out my notebook and just start taking notes. He was naked. He had his, he had his rifle, but nothing else. He was just, he was just there. And then when I saw him, he, Woodrow, quite clearly has stopped talking because he is processing information. McGlade kicks him. What? What happened? He turned invisible? I'm so- Klein, what do you mean he turned invisible? He was there, and then he just disappeared. He disappeared. No one disappears, Woodrow. What happened? He was there, and then he just wasn't there. But I didn't look away. Woody, is there any chance that maybe with what happened today you thought you saw somebody? McGlade nods along with you and says, Yeah, I've I've seen this sort of stuff before. You're just in shock, Woody. Woody shakes his head but doesn't say anything. He seems happy to accept this explanation. Hey, uh, Sarge, would it be worth checking where he was for, like, tracks of somebody just to be sure that if someone was there, maybe he didn't lose him? McGlade nods. Yeah, all right. Um, he gestures at, let's say, Nap. Nap, you're with me. We're going to have a look. Woody, go to sleep. Summer, fill in for him. So everyone changes places. You mind if I come with? Yeah, all right. You right, start stalking through the underbrush with uh, McGlade and Nap. 
Nap whispers to you, what do you reckon happened? I saw somebody and the guy got away quick. Or there wasn't anybody there. People don't disappear. You discover like 10 steps from where Woodrow's position was. You find a discarded AK-47. It's lying in the mud. Hey, Sarge. Yeah. Somebody was here. And whoever they were, they don't have a rifle anymore. And I hold it up. The sergeant nods. You hold on to that for now. Is the safety on? Nap gives like a light <laughs> chuckle, and then he reaches over and he you hear a click, and then Nap says, it is now. Thank you, Nap. <laughs> you keep wondering, and you get not much further, and you again, with your investigation check, you can see clothes hung up on a tree. Like, not out to dry, like a jacket, a shirt, pants, socks, and tied up by the laces, shoes, and a helmet all hung up on a tree like someone had come home Son for dinner. of a bitch. Hey, McGlade. You find something? There was somebody here naked with an AK-47. And I gesture to the clothes. Jesus fucking Christ. You reckon Woody was right about the rest of it? I don't think that people can disappear. I mean, short of having the mob out here to disappear somebody for him, that guy's not just going away. Nap gives a humorless chuckle, like he like he doesn't really think that's funny, like he's kind of spooked. Yeah. The sergeant turns around and says, someone was here and we're going to hunt for him. Holy shit. All right, all right, wait, 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 wait. real quick, I just... This is the kind of thing that I got to do. And I look through the clothes that are there to see if there's any clues as to, like, I know, I'm not saying clues to his identity. Like, I know that he's a Vietnamese soldier, but I'm an investigative reporter. I got to investigate. Going through his clothes, you find he had, like, in addition to everything else, he had some webbing. Uh, so, like, a, a vest or whatever that had some other equipment in it. More ammunition for his gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find... Uh, you obviously, I'm I'm assuming you're not taking this, but you can if you want to. No one's going to say anything. You find three hand grenades. Let me know if you're taking any of this. I feel like I, I want to <laughs> take them just so that there's three less hand grenades on the other side, but I do not feel comfortable <laughs> having them. You know what? I'm just going <laughs> to... Let's find out what else is there, and then I'm going to pass the artillery, uh, not the the the... the, the Grenades yeah, the ordinance. Off to, ordinance. Thank you. Off to someone else. You find a a picture, a like a like a photograph. You un you. It's folded up, but you unfold it, and you can see it's a Vietnamese man with presumably his wife and two daughters. Additionally to that, there is a little black book. You open the book up, and it appears it's like full of pages, but nothing's been written on any of the pages. Hmm. So it's just a completely blank little black book. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take that because I only, you know, like I'm not going to not take a notebook. Uh, there'd be a pen next to it as well, actually. Yeah. Like a, just a ballpoint classic Bic pen. Yeah, take them both. Um, and I suggest to McLeod that we maybe, you know, take this ammunition and these grenades so that, you know, there's not any more of them wandering around on the other side. McLeod nods. 
and you don't see anything in his expression. Hmm. McGlade nods, uh, gestures for Nap. Nap picks up all the ammunition and the grenades. And then you keep moving. Are you going to continue to help them search? I'm in this far, yeah. You find a set of tracks in the mud. You're not an incredibly skilled tracker, but you find them well enough that you can follow them. Do you say this to anyone? I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything would? I find, yeah. I, I make the others aware of. Oh, McGlade. Tracks. You, McGlade, and Nap start slowly stalking. This is leading you further and further away from your group. You're now pretty far away. Like it, had, like if you made noise, like gunshots, you don't know that anyone would hear you. I'm, I'm sweating bullets about that too. And I'm just muttering to mm. myself like, I should have brought Bobby. I should have finished that stew. You follow the tracks to a, uh, a until they just kind of disappear. And I'll get you to make another investigation. Just a, you find a, uh, the entrance to a tunnel. That's where they end. Like a man-made tunnel? Yeah, like a man-made tunnel. There's a fern sitting in the brush that you can tell, you can see that if you pulled on the fern, it would pull open a wooden hatch and there would be something inside. Son of a bitch. A gesture for, for the other guys. And I show them. Like I point to the, 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 the fern and the opening. McGlade puts a hand and pushes you back a little bit to keep you clear. He and Nap look at each other. McGlade does a few a few quick hand gestures. He does a hand gesture for a hand grenade and then points down to where the hole is. Nap nods and then pulls a hand grenade out from his supply. Oh, jeez. McGlade slowly creaks open the little hatch and then with a tink, you hear a pin being removed from the grenade and Nap pops the grenade through the hole. The sergeant closes it and then there's a brief second before whoomp, the trapdoor latch opens completely from the force of the grenade and Nap and McGlade fall backwards. There's a moment that hangs in the air and a bit of, bit of dirt slowly right, lands around you. Are they okay? I, I rush over to see if they're yeah. okay. Yeah. As you rush over, they're both getting back to their feet. Neither of them are 100% sure what to do next. All three of you can hear groaning from inside, from down in the hole. Oh, You've heard no. Someone. What do we do? Nap, get in there. Nap gingerly edges to the hole. As he edges there, he takes off his helmet so that he presents a smaller target and he peers over the side of the hole down into wherever it leads. Nap looks up at you and says, it's just a small little hidey hole. One person, maybe. Nap removes his pistol and then slowly, arms and head first, climbs into the hole. You can see it's not very deep. It's maybe only deep enough that... Like, when Nap gets to his knees, you can tell from the way that his body contorts, he's hit the bottom of whatever this is, and he starts crawling through. That tunnel's got to go pretty far. If, if, if you threw a grenade into that little <laughs> hole... Oh, shit! The groaning stops. Nap, going backwards, crawls back out of the hole. I'm so glad it was you that came out. Nap rolls over onto his side, looks at you and the sergeant, and says, There was one guy in there. It was small. Um... Just like a little wet hole in the ground. Not much there. 
You can see his pistol is smoking. I um, is, I got him. Was there anything else in there? Just one. He looks at the sergeant. Very nude. North Vietnamese. Holy shit. I don't know why he was in there. He might have drowned. It's wet in there. Uh, you Do you look in? Yeah. You know what? I definitely should. I'm here. Fuck. I'm uh, not going to look in there. Look in. I'm not going to look in there. I just, I, I, I shot a guy earlier. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not looking at yet another dead guy. There's a small little hole that leads down into a space about the size of maybe two coffins. And you in, in it's very dark. There's not much light. Would you turn on a torch or anything like that? I don't know if I want to look any farther down this hole, man. Like, okay. I know that that's unsatisfying for the audience because they're going to want to no, know. No, that's fine. What that looks like. I was about to. Well, it whether or not you turned on a torch depends on how I describe this incredibly uncomfortable scene. But you know how. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, even in complete darkness, you can kind of, like your mind can kind of still differentiate between something that is darker than something yeah. else. So your mind looking down into this space you see an outline where one part is darker than another of a hand just slowly drifting in water. No. No. No, I'm done. I closed that hatch. You return back to the camp, and what would you like to do? No one really talks. No one asks you what happened, and Nap and McGlade do not say what happened. Uh, who who saw it? it was Klein, right? Who saw the guy? Uh, Woodrow, Woodrow, Woody. Uh, I'm gonna let him know that uh, that we found his disappearing man. Woodrow nods. No, actually, Woodrow would be asleep by now. Sure. Well, I'm not gonna wake him up. Do you want to do anything else tonight? No, I think now is a good time to 
I'm going to organize my notes from the day and like write a, a mm-hmm. sort of a paragraph or two, like sort of rough out some ideas for how to present what, uh, what has happened so far while I'm fall, you know, falling asleep. In the night, you wake up. You are awoken. You see that uh, sleeping next to you is Vargas. Vargas is sleeping fitfully. He rolls backwards and forwards, and you can see and hear that he's muttering something in his sleep. Oh, Jesus, this poor fucking guy. Can I make out any words? You think that he's not talking as Vargas. You realize he's talking as Holman to Vargas himself. I could have guessed that it was Holman that was going to be the subject of this stream. It appears that he is muttering like Holman. Apparently, you're getting from this muttering that Holman wasn't dead when when Vargas and Knapp encountered him before. Oh, no. He was on the verge of death, though. And Holman's last words to Vargas, the words that are haunting his nightmares, his fitful sleep. He came out of the sky. He landed flying out of the sky. What? I'm going to try to get back to sleep. I'm going to write that down, and then I'm going to try to get back to sleep. You wake up the next day. The camp has a somber mood once again. No one's talking. Everyone's just doing the jobs that they need to do. Bob is wandering around, snapping photos every now and then. So I got two people I want to talk to today. I want to talk to Nap and I want to talk to Vargas. All right. The conversation with Nap doesn't have to be too uh, in depth. I just want to, yeah, I just want to let him know that we found, just let him be vindicated that there was a naked guy with an AK-47. We found. Oh, that's Klein. Klein. Woodrow Klein. Klein. Yes. Uh, You wander over to Klein and looking at you, Klein, Klein asks, did you find anyone? Just some naked guy with an AK-47. Good. I guess I didn't imagine it. That's good. Hey, guess I owe you an apology. You're a sharp observer. Which, uh... <laughs> that guy had to be pretty fucking slick to get past you the way he did. Yeah. <laughs> Holman laughs. You can see he's, like, trying to shake off the willies. He, uh... Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess it worked, didn't it? Uh... Stripping nude, I didn't hear him coming. <laughs> you know, it's those, it's that rough fabric. It makes a lot of noise in the jungle. Yeah, he would have blended in with the night sky, just a second moon. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a truly terrible joke. <laughs> yeah, it takes one to know one. He says, "Ow, if I had feelings, they'd be hurt. I promise." <laughs> right, and then who was the other person you wanted to pull? Us uh, I was going to talk to Vargas. Vargas is packing up some cooking material. Hey, I uh, saw you packing up after cooking. I figured you'd probably be about to have a cigarette, and I thought I might uh, bum one off you. He he takes out his pack and slides you over one. See, you can never do this, because you feed strays, and then they just follow you forever after that. I like the cigarette take drag. (laughs) Um... Can I ask you kind of a weird question, Vargas? Yeah. Did you, uh, yesterday, before, uh, mm. Holman, did you see anybody unusual? Vargas takes a long draw of the cigarette and he says, No, I, I was looking away 
uh, at the time. I just saw the machine gunner open up, and then everyone starts dropping to the ground. We return fire. I didn't see a lot, to be honest. You can tell he's trying to be evasive. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've heard it all. So if there's anything that you think is kind of, I don't know, might make you sound a little nutty if you told me, I, I promise you nothing would phase me at this point. Is there anything you saw? Vargas looks at you and he says, I didn't. He takes another long drag on his cigarette and he says, I didn't say anything, but Holman, he wasn't dead when we got to him. No. He was, there wasn't much. He was, he, he died. But, um, as I was kneeling down next to him, he told me that the guy that we found in that field yeah. He was saying that he just came out of the air like he was flying. That's pretty unusual, isn't it? The um strange thing is the guy that I found, it didn't look like he was hit by an artillery round at all. It looked like he just stepped on a mine. Yeah. But we heard something come out of the sky and it landed where he was. And there was only one shot. Yeah. Hell of a day yesterday. Hey, thanks for the yeah, smoke. Yeah, No, it's, it's all right. He lights a second. I'm going to go uh, talk to my photographer. I'm going to sit down with, with Bob wherever he is or if we're walking, whatever. I'm, I'm going to go find Bob. Yeah, you're hiking. We'll say you're hiking together. Mr. Nguyen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but uh, I think something very weird is going on around here. What makes you say that, says Bob. I don't know. A lot of things keep not adding up. Or rather, things that shouldn't add up make more sense than things that shouldn't. If that makes sense. Kind of. I feel like there are some very strange people in the woods around us. Some desperate people, he says. Something unusual. People moving in strange ways, people disappearing, coming out of the sky. Now, it can't be that people are disappearing from sight, turning invisible. It can't be that they are just dropping unassisted out of the sky. And there's no reason to be running around nude in the jungle. Clothes of protection in the jungle. Jungle's a dangerous place. I think these people have some way of moving around or not being seen. Some way of getting through this jungle that we don't know about. Something some, something new. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just spinning. Taking off your clothes sounds like just madness to me. Yeah. I'm just spinning my wheels here, but this... You mark my words. It's desperation, plain and simple. And maybe you're... Desperation. Desperation is a type of madness. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, Bob. When you get pushed back further and further and further, eventually you will reach a place, a place of last resort. And when you get there, anything is possible. Bob, you're a man wise beyond your height. Thank you, he says. I get that a lot. I've always, I've just, from the beginning, I've imagined that Bob is short. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob's like half the height. <laughs> Bob's like 
He's maybe like five and a half feet. <laughs> yeah, it's charming. He comes up to the shoulders of the shortest person in this year. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not tall. <laughs> in my head, Bob Nguyen is balding. He has a bad mustache. <laughs> like, not that he can't grow a mustache. Yeah. It's thick. It just looks bad on his face. He's got like a porn stash. Yeah. And everyone knows it's a porn stash. <laughs> You are coming to the apex of one of the biggest hills. At the apex of this hill, you're going to be turning around and then heading back the way you came, mm-hmm. following a different path so that you can go near two other Akusids. Also, it should be mostly downhill after today, which is good to hear. Yeah, it's a welcome change. The first two days were uphill and weird. Maybe the second two days will be downhill and quiet. You get to the part on the map where the Akusid should be, and there's nothing there. There's just no, like, bomblet stuck in the ground somewhere, caught in the tree canopy. The grid square where it is supposed to be is just void of any Akusid. Inello hmm. and the sergeant have a discussion about what they should do, and they decide that the, everyone's going to split up and start searching. Um, I offer to help in the search. You and Bob are going to get paired up with, we'll say, Idris Rigby. Sure, machine gun. And everyone else is getting teamed up as best as possible. You start searching through. I'm going to get you. Are you making, uh, are you just going to help them check? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you don't actively look for it, no one's going to be upset with you. I, I, I might as well. I'm out here. You, Murray, you look up and you see that the wind is like blowing really hard, but it's blowing... Uh, The wind is not strong enough to really hit beneath the jungle canopy. So you can see that the trees are rocking backwards and forwards, but none of the wind is being felt by you. You realize that there is a very strong possibility that a bomblet with a parachute got caught in such a wind and has been blown very far in a direction. You start following the direction of that wind, and it's, uh, you know that scene in... Mulan, where everyone's singing and dancing, and then it's just like a sudden, and it's a barren field before them with a, like a destroyed yeah, village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. Ah, oh, shit. You're hiking, and then you come to just a, just like it's dense foliage, dense foliage, dense dense foliage. Suddenly, nothing. There is on the opposite side of this hill a massive patch, maybe. Three, no, five football fields in diameter of just blackened, burnt, twisted trees and featureless landscape otherwise. In the dead center of of this massive blast field, it looks like a bomb has been dropped, like a big bomb. This doesn't look like, you know what Agent Orange looks like? This does not look like Agent Orange. This looks like maybe a giant napalm bomb was dropped here. All of the trees, everything is bent outwards away from the center. And in roughly the center, you see what is left of a small village, maybe 10 buildings total. Roughly where the village square would be, there is a twisted, gnarled tree still half standing up. And you see dangling from that tree is a parachute attached to a long, thin, cylindrical object across this giant no-man's land. Holy shit. Hey, Rigby. 
I think we found our tube. Jesus fucking Christ. Rigby takes out a set of binoculars and gazes through them. Yeah, that's an Akusid, all right. What could fucking what could do that to that much land? He shrugs. I don't know. Um, it could be napalm, maybe Agent Orange. Uh, the defoliant. I don't know that it would do that to the ground. Well, Jesus. Yeah, I fucking hell. I um. I guess we should wait for the rest of them. Yeah, I agree heartily. I don't think we should go down there at all. <laughs> it looks like a sniper's paradise. Yeah, no, that it? looks that that that's that's exactly the kind of place that you go when you have nothing to do tomorrow. Crack. What? You feel something wet splash on your face. Rigby collapses. I drop to the ground and I pull Bob down to the ground. You and Bob fall down to the ground. You hear a second crack. It echoes through the empty no-man's land. Shh. On the ground, you see that Rigby is missing an eye. I hope he's dead. Tell me he's dead. Just like, I don't want him to be alive with a big head wound. Rigby doesn't respond. He's still got that big grin on his face from when the two of you were chuckling. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Bob is staring at you. Staring you dead in the face. You realize he's looking at the gore on your face. Bob. Yeah? It's very important to me right now that if I have something on my face, you not tell me about it. Okay? deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.